Tonight's episode is sponsored by Mountain Sea Blast. It's no longer a war crime. inhaling some sort of substance. Everything went black. But now, everything's becoming light again. You're opening your eyes. You are someplace you don't recognize. You look around, and there's a large empty field with forests in the distance. The only thing nearby is this strange red and black van. Each of you feels a little weird. Gentlemen? As Father O'Malley stands up, you realize he is not wearing his priest frock. Instead, he is wearing a pink dress shirt with khaki pants with a bluish-gray blazer over it. There is a pocket square in the pocket. Oh, hey, man, you dress funny. Ebbs, again, is dressed weird. He is wearing a leather jacket and a black baseball cap. What the deuce are the both of you doing wearing such odd... Dacious attire! And where did you acquire it? As you ask this question, you realize you're not in your armor. You are shirtless, wearing jeans, and maybe 30 or 40 pounds of gold jewelry around your neck. Og sits up. He is now wearing black gloves and has a large cigar in his mouth. Gentlemen, I do believe that whatever that was that we inhaled has uh, caused us to lose our own identities. Shark noises. Well said. Um, so like, this is weird. Are we in a forest still? Like, you know, or the woods? Or like, that's where we were, right? We were on that island. Yeah, man. Which is also possibly some sort of creature. Just now we are here, all in different attire than when we first... Uh, did we consume something? Was it... Or did we breathe it in through our noses? Did, well, however we got here, we must find why we are here. Correct? Yeah, man. To gain the trust of the island. Correct. Given... Everything that we've been through uh, ever since we formed our small group here it would not surprise me if this weren't simply the first stage of that trust gaining. Well, okay, man. Um, I still don't know where I am, though, because, like, you know, is it the woods? Are we, like, in a desert? Are we floating in space? Is it a, is it a tent? Am I in a mansion? Am I... Am I even real? I poke myself in the eye with my finger. It hurts. Oh, man. All right, well. Pain receptors work. So, like... Cool. That means it's real enough to be dangerous, gentlemen. So whatever may walk along this plain, or between the trees of yonder forests, may in fact be incredibly dangerous to us. 
Have we any arms with which to defend ourselves? Yeah, they hold up my fists. You have fists. Ah, oh, cool, man. I still have two arms. Perhaps we should check that van over there and uh, see if there aren't any armaments inside. And I head over to the van. Hey, van. So in the back of the van, you find some M16 assault rifles, a machine gun, some grenade launchers, uh, Remington pump-action shotguns, some sniper rifles, also Remington. There are some forty-five pistols in there, too. Gentlemen, we are now better armed than many small nations. I'm not certain if we should be alarmed or pleased. And then I start distributing firearms to the group. Shark! Yes, including the shark man. I take one of the automatic weapons and hold it like a baseball bat that I have seen. I suppose this will have to suffice for now. Like, why are we arming up, dudes? Well, clearly whatever this quest that we are now on wants us to be thusly armed. Otherwise, it would not have provided us with said armaments. If this is to be a trial, we must be ready to defend ourselves and prove our valor, potentially even in the depths of combat. I guess. And I mean, it wouldn't hurt to be, like, you know, armed. Because armed less is not cool. But, like, if they were going to test our physical and um, attackable prowess, like, why would they give us different bodies? That seems silly. So, like... I think we have to do something. Like, I don't know. Fighting, maybe, sure. But, you know. Is there anything else in this room to, like, indicate why we're here? What room? The garage? No, there's, you're in a field. And there's a forest in the distance. And there's this black van with red highlights. Oh, cool, man. I checked the glove box. There's some paperwork in there. All right, well, then I get in the driver's seat. Okay, you get in the driver's seat. We're two boys. Well, we seem to be facing towards the forest. Let's head in that direction. I climb into the back of this automatic carriage, as I kind of know it as, and just set myself in so that I don't bump around too much. Okay. And you start driving towards the forest. Up ahead as you approach the forest, you see what looks like a logging camp. There are many people doing what looks like logging. They've got many trucks full of cut-down trees. It appears that they are trying to clear-cut the forest. There is a man in a very fancy business suit with a bright red ascot who is laughing to himself. There are maybe a dozen guards around with Various automatic weapons. Well, I turn the van around and put a little distance between us. So we can formulate a plan. Guys? Well, it would seem to me that the deforestation is what we were sent here to stop. Now, whether or not we do that through violent means is... Entirely up to us, but certainly we must work to deactivate 
their logging equipment. Thoughts? Um, I say we each take a rocket launcher and fire from a distance. Then ride in there and shoot them. With our machine guns. I was about to suggest the exact same thing. It's a family thing. All right, then. Let's do it. You hear a... And a red X appears across the TV screen. Well, that ain't the way to do it. All right. If the most direct approach won't work, you have a plan, Osmond. Well, if a direct approach will not cause them to mm, stop in the way that we require them to, but perhaps we must... <coughs> perhaps we must approach them directly and... and <coughs> perhaps we must... <coughs> oh, you're up. Hey, Og, what do you think? Shark! Yeah, man. Well, as ever, my role on this team of constant companions is to be a knight of the round table, to defend the innocent, and to protect those who need it, to vanquish evil where it sits. Well, perhaps we need to think less about what our roles have been to this point and try and determine what our change of outfits might mean for us. Sure. Og is pointing at your pink shirt, Father O'Malley. I start scratching at some of the skin that is underneath the weighty gold and jewelry that I have dangling from me. This is quite an uncomfortable tie, I must say. I must say that uh, it is most likely going to be our best bet to try and infiltrate their camp. Okay. Why don't I approach the man in the suit, see if I can't get him talking. Well, the rest of you sneak in behind the camp and attempt to sabotage their machinery while I have them distracted. Og agrees. With this, the scene cuts. Father O'Malley, you're standing next to the gentleman in the business suit, laughing, cackling almost to himself. Uh, Good afternoon, sir. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Is something funny? Could I be in on the joke? Ah, yes, I've tricked the villagers out of their land rights, and soon, soon this entire forest will be cut to the ground. Now, sir, I, I can't help but think that there could be better ways that your business could help these people rather than destroying their village and cutting down their forest. Yes, but if I cut down their forest, I get all their lumber. And then I can drill for oil. There's oil beneath this forest? Yes. Directly beneath their village. And it's all mine. <laughs> I see. Well, certainly you could cut down this forest and sell the lumber and then strip mine the oil, but... And then comes the fracking. You seem to me... Sir, like a... like a smart man. That's why I'm in business. One who wants to make his money... the easy way. Stealing from peasants is the easiest way there is. Well... That's why I have all of these Verdukian mercenaries. Have you considered... that... rather than take the time and the labor to cut all these trees 
process them, mill them, ship them around the world as various goods, and then incur the terrible expense of bringing in drilling equipment, setting up rigs, hiring men to operate those rigs, and then hiring oil tankers to carry them away. And That sounds like a great idea. I no, think I'll do it. No. <laughs> but listen, there's a simpler way to make money, and you won't need to cut down any of these trees. In fact, if you take my deal, you could, sir, be in control of the number one must-have product globally. And I would be willing to sell you the formula to what I believe is the greatest soft drink the world has ever known for the simple price of the, the landed deeds to this forested area. That sounds great. Here are the landed deeds to this forested area. And here you are, sir. I hand him a slip of paper on which I've written the phrase Mountain Sea Blast. Ah, there's just one thing. And all of the guards raise their guns towards you? I was so close. I'm not letting you leave with those deeds. At this point, the camera cuts. The other three of you are hiding behind some woodlands nearby, watching this go down. We should not have let him just go alone like this. He has no means of defending himself. Well, seems like we need to save him. And, uh, you know, I, uh, fire my machine gun into the sky and run in another direction to create a distraction. As you come out of hiding and start firing your gun, all of these mercenaries begin to scatter and hide behind what appears to be very explosive scenery. I take pot shots at the scenery. You take aim and... <clears throat> another red X. Oh. I try to move to the flank of these fleeing mercenaries. And as I have been shown now, hold this arm of fire in such a way where if I squeeze upon it with all my strength, my intended projectiles will emerge into the mercenaries. You take aim, you fire, and several of the boxes that they're hiding behind explode. The people hiding behind them kind of dive and scream as they are carried several feet by the explosion before they get up and begin fleeing. Yes, that is what you deserve for taking all of the valuable life from this earth. Why, you, oh, to drain the earth of all of its minerals, you, you truly are the world's suckers. Two of them come up at you, holding rifles. They run up and, despite having you dead to rights, try to hit you with the butts of their gun. I shall dodge out of the way and return this attack in earnest, striking them with the butt of my own gun. With one mighty swing, two of them collapse. Oh no, and I was so close! He runs to a helicopter you didn't notice before, jumps in, and it takes off and begins to fly away. Now can I use the rocket launcher? I didn't get an X! Bang! Tell <laughs> you damn it! That's not even fair. I even asked first. Allow me to try, and I take it from his hands and repeat the firing I had just seen. The missile flies up and crashes into the side of it, and there's a bit of an explosion, and smoke starts coming out, and it keeps limping off into the distance. 
I will shoot at it a second time. Uh, it is out of range, you believe. Gentlemen, I believe we need to get these deeds back to the villagers. Shark! Catch up. And Og points towards a small plane that you have until recently not noticed. Oh, cool, man. Like we're going to catch up to them in the plane? Let's do it. I think we're going to have to, but first... Og, I believe there's something you need to show Sir Osmond on the side of your fin. Og tries looking over his shoulder and can't see his fin, so he turns around. Oh, sorry, not your fin, your flipper. The side of your flipper, yes. He scratches his head, confused. While everyone's distracted, I walk over and I punch Sir Osmond in the face. Oh! Oh, why would you do that? No, 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 you fall unconscious. All right. Let's get him in the plane. Okay. And we load him in the back. And I flick a bunch of switches, and I tell everybody to buckle up, and we start following. The scene cuts. Sir Osmond, you have woken up. You can see through the window on the side of the plane that you are in the air. Oh, how did... How did we get here? Um, why does my jaw sting ever so slightly? I wouldn't worry about it too much. Just, uh, just don't look outside. You're fine. We're, we're all fine. Og, make sure he's strapped in real good in that seat. And Og tightens the ropes binding you. Why am I, why am I restrained as such? I, I demand an explanation. What is this? What is going on? You know, Osmond, I just uh, wasn't sure how well uh, someone from your time period would, would handle the concept of flying in a, in a vehicle. Flying? Are we moving so fast to be considered flying? That is preposterous. That would never occur. And at this point, you do see out the window that you are flying at several hundred miles an hour, half a mile up. Um, we are flying fast. We are going fast enough to be considered flying. Shark! Oh. Sure! The scene cuts again. You are standing in the woods, maybe a hundred feet away from the ruins of a castle. Og has a whiteboard and some sort of marker. He begins drawing on the board. It is a three-year-old's rendition of a gun. He draws a stick figure. He draws several more stick figures. Shark! Fair enough. Yeah, man. I like this plan. So long as I do not have to be in that machine again. Oh, yes. No worries, Osmond. You uh, won't need to fly for a very long time. Good, good. It left me feeling quite uneasy. And the next thing you know, you are mounting an attack on this castle. We get a bit of a montage. Sir Osmond is punching people unconscious despite having a very large gun. Father O'Malley is sneaking into the somehow strangely high-tech headquarters in the middle of this to disable the defenses. On his way out, he smiles at a serving girl. Trevor Ebbs is sitting at the plane, waiting. As the montage finishes, you are swarmed by a large group of 
ethnically ambiguous individuals wearing clothes reminiscent of American farmers for some reason. They are cheering and speak strangely good English for wherever they're from. Oh, thank you. You have saved our village and the forest. It's all in the day's work. <clears throat> Those villains will not be bothering you ever again. They were fools to try and approach you. And for that, I pity them. Ding. Oh. The camera cuts to you, Ebbs. Me? Why me? You feel as though as there is something you should say. Yeah, th- th- not, not me. Nothing I say. Because, you know, I'm the, I'm the pilot guy. You hear a studio audience go, Aww. And it cuts back to Father O'Malley. Glad we could help. <clears throat> Father O'Malley, there are several women gazing at you expectantly. While flattered, ladies, I'm, I'm afraid I'm a man of the cloth. <clears throat> Perhaps it is asking you to do something different. Boo, boo. Now we're being booed. Worst episode ever. This is certainly one of the oddest tests I've ever been put through. Well, ladies, as much as I appreciate your attentions, as I can't marry all of you, I simply can't marry any of you. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I've uh, got something in the plane. And then I run timidly and dive into the plane. Ding! Oh, look, a bear! And I backflip away when everybody turns their heads and hide behind something. You can feel the camera looking for you, but it can't quite find you. Yeah, I know there's a camera there. Stupid camera. I come out of hiding so the camera sees me and smile at the camera. The camera just intently stares at you like it's waiting for something. I shoot the camera. Okay, you shoot the camera. You no longer feel it watching you. I feel so much better. Are there more cameras? Uh, you don't feel any cameras on you right now. Yeah, I don't feel them. Do I see them? No. On my no. friends? No. All right. And because there's no camera anymore, I go get my my buddies. Hey, buddies. What's up? We're like getting the f*** out of here because, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. And I hop in the plane. You get into the plane. Perhaps we could find a different means of transportation out of this uh, trial of ours. If this trial doesn't end soon, I'm going to burn the forest down. <laughs> Get in the f***ing plane. Oh, surely you can understand my hesitation regarding all of this. This is all very, very... Og picks you up and puts you in his mouth. Uh- and then carries you onto the plane. <laughs> he spits you out. <sighs> I flick a bunch of switches. Plane ain't waiting. And I start moving. And you begin to fly as the camera that you shot now looks over things with a broken lens and a very obvious bullet hole. You can hear Og's voiceover. You said it. Hey, folks. Welcome to the middle of episode 22. Hey, man, can you believe it? We've made it 22 episodes right here on the Umbral Theater Presents Expeditions of the Extra Normal, which you can, as always, reminded in this mid, catch on all your favorite podcasting platforms, be it Spotify, Apple Music, 
Podbean, iHeartRadio. We are out there. You can go ahead and Google us if you don't believe it. Find this podcast. Keep checking us out. We love you guys. We appreciate you for checking us out each and every week as we bring you this zany adventure. And we just want to remind you that we love you and be safe and wash your hands, all that good stuff. And if you're looking for further entertainment, you might want to check out our sister podcast, Weirdwood Preparatory Academy, which is a more adult themed role-playing game using the Monster Heart system. They upload every week as well. Mature audiences only. And now, back to the show. So, each of you wakes up. You are lying in a circle on the ground. You're in a field. In the distance, you see some trees. No vans this time? You do not see a van. Do we look normal? Yes, you look normal. Oh, cool, man. I'm not animated. Is the environment similar to the trial we had just previously had, or...? It's almost identical. Hmm. Well, gentlemen, it would appear that whatever we may have been doing here in physical reality at least mirrored uh, the experience that we just went through. Uh, assuming, of course, that you gentlemen recall plane rides and deforestation. Yeah, man. That was really weird. I shot a camera. Yes, that was rather strange. He kept following me. Yes. And there were the... Uh, the Like, the automated carriages I have been seeing in this new time, but... Moving so quickly, it can actually fly through the air like a bird. And very, very fast bird. And I had so much jewelry on me. Og, you may have some jewelry in your stomach now. Og vomits up a license plate. Oh, that's that went. I don't recall wearing that. All right, well, let's go stop these people from foresting, because the deforestation isn't cool, man. So you head back over, and you get to the deforestation, and all you find is an old lady sitting in a very plush armchair, eating bonbons, watching TV. Is this a familiar old lady? I don't believe so. Have you met any old ladies? There was the keeper of the home that we were all staying at for our trip out of town. This is not her. Okay. Oh, hey there. You're not trying to burn this forest down, right? My stories are on. Oh, okay. Well, I answered that question. Shh. Then some commercials begin, and she turns to you. You'll have two minutes. Man, we are trying to gain the favor of the island. We were sent on a vision quest of sorts, and we are here now. Uh, would you know anything about the island? I am the island's keeper. Island is my charge. I keep it safe. I see, and very noble pursuit, madam. And would you know how we might be able to gain its boons? You would need to impress the turtle. You would need to show the turtle you are pure of heart. I have tested you. I know that some of you are pure of heart. You there, knight. 
come before me. Uh, yes, as you do say. And I walk towards her. You have played your role wonderfully. She lays her hand upon your head, and you feel a surge of vitality. Gain five experience points and restore two luck. I do so and level up, and I will get back to that later. You, priest, I saw that you tried and that your ability was limited by your morals and your code. And while I understand that sometimes this... It's back on. Just a minute. And she begins watching TV again. Gentlemen, it's strange to be so assessed while in the middle of advertisements. Well, it's probably not often that she's, you know, within frequency range of TV shows, so... This whole thing is rather bizarre, although I think I begin to understand uh, where the nature of our trial came from. Short. Well put, Og. Osmond, how are you feeling after your uh, assessment? I feel strangely revitalized, as though my very destiny itself was touched. Well, that's certainly one heck of a reward. Yay, verily. All right, we're into commercials again. Let me... Um, where was I? Where was I? You were saying that my uh, moral fiber, which had yes. prevented me from embracing certain aspects of my role... You have strong morals, and in many times, in many cases, this is a good thing. But when the world is at stake... Sometimes we need to be willing to let go of that which holds us back. How much do our morals matter to us if nothing is left? Kneel before me. I do so. She reaches out and places her hand upon your head. Gain four experience points and restore one luck. All right. I will also level up, but I will get back to you on what I'm doing. Next, Og. Sure. You played your role swimmingly, despite your limitations. To you, I give a gift. And she hands him a lollipop. Puts it in his mouth, claps happily, and steps aside. Now, Trevor Ebbs. Oh, hey there. You threw a tantrum. You refused to play along. You shot my camera. What do you have to say in your defense? Well, I played along perfectly. Because while I was off camera, I thought, what am I supposed to do? And then I realized, oh, my stories I'm the crazy did... guy. Shh, so I did crazy shh, stuff. Now you're talking of my stories, dear. Shh, shh, shh. Abs. Yep. I think uh, while she's busy watching her show, uh, we should work out. Your, uh, your defenses so that he might be able to get the seed and, and the boon of the island. It can never hurt to say you're sorry. I guess. Sure. I believe what will help you most is your good heart. It's true. You're a very, uh, very well-natured individual. 
quite likable. Okay, okay, sorry. You were saying... I don't remember. My train of thought doesn't work like that. And yet you still couldn't be as howling mad as was needed. Do you think I, I watch these stories for my health? No. These stories are full of good morals and teach you the proper way to live and benefit society. But no, some of you kids just see them as idle entertainment, and as such, you don't get what's going on, what the real meaning behind everything is. Have you never watched any of those Christmas specials? Well, of course I have. But in all of those specials, somebody has to be the person that makes all that other stuff otherly interesting. Otherwise, people won't stay on long enough to watch long enough so that they understand what the message is at the end of the movie. Because sometimes that stuff's boring, and other fun stuff has to happen. Fun stuff like what? Cartwheeling and backflipping, and flying things and driving things, and blowing things up. So you're telling me your role is to backflip and blow things up? When it suits. And when it doesn't? To help. Well, I, I mean... And to be a distraction. Oh, are you distracting me now? Is that what this is? I start cartwheeling. Hmm. Well. I will catch him before his lack of a foot causes him to tumble over. Strangely, uh, he that is not a problem. Well, you are now distracting me from my show. So I suppose you're doing something right. Ta-da! I suppose you get a gift, too. Oh, I don't want a gift. I just need a boon so we can get this flower and get rid of all this stupid sea blast stuff. Oh, sea blast. Have you seen their commercials? They're the absolute worst. And they're full of lies. And it's product placement everywhere you go. I can't watch my story. Look, look right there. They are putting sea blast in that baby's bottle on the show. Well, that's not cool at all. Because, like... That stuff's bad. So, if we could just get this boon, we can make that stop. Because... Well, I can't give you the boon. I'm just here to let you in to meet the great Artuin. So, I deem you worthy. But don't distract him too much. You know, the world's on his back. Okay, thanks. And I had to go meet Artuin. And everything gets blurry and fuzzy for a moment. And as you fade back in, you're floating in space. And before you is an enormous turtle. It is so large you cannot see the ends of it. In fact, you are just looking at the tip of its nose, and its head is far beyond any comprehension how large it is. It's just enormous. Wow, you're a big guy. There's a low, rumbling growl. Not really a growl, but just like the rumbling of something whose voice is so big that its enormity is hard to process. Uh, that must be a giant space turtle for for you. Og is swimming around a little bit in space. He seems to be handling it well. Salutations! You must clearly be the great Artuen. And lowers its head and moves its gaze upon you. We four are companions. We seek 
to do good by this world and the creatures upon it, to stop uh, an evil that is infesting the people. Og swims over to it and tries to bite it. No, Og, no. Og, uh, we apologize, Atuin. Uh, this is a new situation for Og. Most situations are new to Og, as far as we can tell. Travel tasty. I will drag Og away by his ear hole. But he is, in fact, uh, one of the beings who has been impacted by a foul substance that has been released in our city, and we have been told that you may possibly hold a component that would help us to nullify the toxin and return the citizens of Los Angeles to what passed for their normal lives. The turtle turns its gaze to Og. It stares at him. And for a long moment, there is no sound. But then the turtle nods. And another deep noise begins inside its throat. And it is resonant. And it vibrates the very core of your beings. You can feel something deep inside your soul filled with hope and then you're awake by the fire everybody but Ebbs is having a bit of a coughing fit <coughs> cough, cough <coughs> gentlemen cough. are you are you all with us deep breaths dudes, deep breaths yeah, yeah, yeah verily <coughs> That was tribute, man. I want to do it again. I think once is quite enough, so long as we've returned with the boon. It's... Yes, would not wish to, would not wish to interrupt the lady's stories or the great Artuin's floating, I suppose. I see that you have returned from your visions. Yes, <coughs> they were uh, illuminating. And uh, how long, sir? All the better for it. So, like, how do we know if we got the boon? I thought it was supposed to be a flower. Does anyone find themselves in possession of such? Well, I admit, before waking to this wretching feeling in my chest, I felt a deep installation of hope within my inner being. So did I. Look into the fire. And as your eyes turn... You see a single bloom rising out of the flame. I'll move to catch it. It is a lovely purple with black markings and large charcoal-like seeds. Very gingerly, I'll cradle it and move it to the nearest table and attempt to set it down. Gentlemen, I think we <clears throat> may be one step closer to saving L.A., um, but it's just one flower. What are we going to do with it? Yes, but <clears throat> with one sapling we may <coughs> grow a garden. Eat fish. Leave eggs to hatch. Very well put. But first we must, uh, we must create the concoction that will serve as the curative. Um, I believe for that, uh, we were waiting for certain assistance. Even as you say that, 
you hear the flapping of wings as a large metal bird begins to touch down. Ebbs, would you care to <clears throat> serve as intermediary? Oh, sure, man. Hey, Alicanto, what's going on, man? And I wave at the bird. I forgot to learn how to speak bird. So I guess I'll have to talk to the chick that's on his back that just hopped off. Yes, the dark-haired girl you know from earlier jumps off. She's currently wearing a Ramones shirt that's a little bit tattered and beat up. Hey, what's up? We're here with this cool flower. And we were told that you could help us make a restorative to make all the bad stuff go away from the Mountain Sea Blast stuff. Her eyes go wide. You have been given the gift of a twin. She looks at you suspiciously. I I never would have expected that the three of you would have... She turns and notices the shark. She turns back to you. Have I missed something important? We found a friend. First he was a bad guy, but now he's a good guy. His name's Og. I have never seen a creature such as him. Well, the bad people over at Mountain Sea Blast, they made him. So he has Mountain Sea Blast in his blood? I don't think so, because we healed him with a knockoff Holy Grail. Well, we have the gift of Atuin. I have prepared some herbs, and my ritual is ready to be performed. We just need one more thing. We need the blood of someone who has been transformed. Um... What kind of transformed? By the evil concoction. Does it, like, you know, does hallucinating count? I'm, I'm sorry, what? Well, I drank Mountain Sea Blast once, but I never transformed. We must keep you away from the gift. Ah, oh, but I got the gift. With them. If you, have, if you have Sea Blast within you, you cannot be trusted. Oh, well, I probably peed it out by now, I guess. I do not know if the Devil's Brew can be so easily cleansed from your system. Well, sure can. I'm built different. Well, either you are corrupted by it and your blood is of use, or you are not corrupted by it and you are safe to handle the flower. But aren't I handling the flower now? We should probably take that out of your hands. Here you go. And I hand it to her. She gingerly accepts the flower. Hey, by the way, my name's Trevor. What's yours? Atsimanu. Atsimanu. Yes. Well, cool. Let's make a concoction. Or not, because, you know, if it doesn't work, we'll have to go find ourselves a sea blasted and then make it work. If it doesn't work, we will no longer have a flower. Oh, well, then we're going to get a sea blasted because, you know. Be careful. Okay, bye. And a cartwheel away. You cartwheel away successfully. Hooray! I apparently have a foot again. Am I part reptile? I think it probably has something to do with our encounter with Atuin. Ah, oh, he's such a small he turtle. He's still missing a foot, isn't he? There is something down beneath his ankle. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Ebbs, look at your foot. <laughs> do I wiggle my foot for the fellas? As you lift your foot and wiggle it, you notice something interesting. It appears to be made out of living wood. 